Hello, Center fans. This is Devin Williams. This is the man with the caramel voice. Thank you for once again for tuning in to our podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Scarlett Moreno. She is a female filmmaker, the director of Phaedra from Laredo, Texas, living in L.A. Hi. We also have our aspiring pod boy who has now entered into podolescence, and he is also a wrestler hailing from the parts of Texas that are unknown. Jackson Taylor. Okay, I was like, is the name coming? Um, <laughs> hey, everybody, how is Cinema Slayers doing today? Whenever I am not drop kicking someone in the face, I'm sitting down reviewing and watching films. So it's great to have all you listeners on again. And last but most certainly not least, we have Heather. She visited Laredo, Texas on the way to Mexico several times as a child, and there is no evidence of her bringing back contraband. That is correct, and that's going to be my story till the day I die. Hello, everybody. All right, so we're going to go ahead. We're going to get started with this, guys. We're going to jump right into it. So, Scarlett, there's a little yep. introductory thing that we always do. Um, we always ask people a couple of questions, kind of like Walking Dead, you know, have you killed mm -hmm. anybody and mm -hmm. why, so on and so forth. And so... Right. We're going to ask you this one question. Well, that has several parts. What are your three okay. favorite movies, your three favorite TV shows, and the most fun one, your guilty pleasure, um, and why? Okay. Always, always in my top five, but like interchangeable, are Inglorious Bastards, Django, and True Romance. And then, I mean, I guess that says who my favorite director is. That's, yeah. And then, that's a quiet um, selection. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And then top three TV shows. Um, hmm. When I was like nine, I was obsessed with Happy Days. And uh, that kind nice. of never went away. Every time I see the Fonz, like I still have my heart still like flutters, you know, Henry <laughs> oh, in any in any in any shape or form <laughs> still makes my heart flutter. Um, and then Doug, because it was integral to you know, shaping my moral fiber as a child and as a human. And then I would Good have call. to say non-animated. <laughs> um, oh, oh my God. Right now, Wild Wild Country was incredible. Wow. Uh, I've, see, I've, I've, I've seen that and nobody else has, it feels. And wow. It's fantastic. No, I really want to see it's it. Incredible. I keep hearing it's really good. It's I, I mean, yeah, I keep hearing the same beautiful. thing. I'm a big fan of like cult documentaries and docuseries. And so this one was just, this is one of the best I've ever, ever seen. Oh, wow. Yes. It, and it goes so in depth and you, the, the, the best thing about it is when they're talking to the cult members and they're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, the cult at their pinnacle, you can mm -hmm. see them get transported like oh, in yeah. their eyes. Oh my God. Yeah. They're there. like still there. Yes. Yeah, they, that was there. like where they want to be for sure. Yeah. That's so where they want to be. And you can really see beautiful. the idea. Mm. I also love like anything with a little bit of ambiguity, like any, you know, artwork really. And so I feel like this one was really amazing at kind of being like, who do you love? Who do you hate? You don't know. Like, who's the hero? Mm. Who's the villain? We don't know. But it's fucking awesome and like really human to see the aspects, those aspects of like all of the characters, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great study in vision and execution. You know, I think that's mm -hmm. a really good thing is to have a vision and have something you want to do versus actually mm -hmm. accomplishing it. 
uh, even if it's just loving people and, you know, coming together to build your own community, you know, how much your human error and your more yeah. dogged emotions uh, take over after a while because we're just so f- flawed as being. So I just mm-hmm. I found it absolutely lovely. It was great. That's, a, that's yeah, an awesome pick. Great. And, and I, you love yeah. Tarantino. So I that's do. awesome. Me too. <laughs> I think we all like Tarantino in here. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All we, big we, fans. Um, and then guilty pleasure. Honestly, like, I don't really feel guilty about anything I watch. Um, <laughs> good answer. That's good. <laughs> because, like, you know, it's it's all it's all art and it all kind of filters through uh, the lens that it needs to filter through to, like, sort of become something else. Um, if that made any yeah. sense. But, you know it what did. I mean? Like, yes. everything sort of feeds your psyche. So, uh, but if I had to, like, like a... Man, I don't know if I had to come up with something that others would perceive as a guilty pleasure as far as like a TV show or movie. Um, I mean, like, can't even really think of one. What's like a, oh, mm, I, re- I mean, I love Forensic Files and like I'll watch that on repeat. I'll like watch it like to fall asleep. I'll watch it like in the background while I'm cleaning. Like I will watch reruns and reruns and reruns of Forensic Files like forever and ever. That sounds like a show with that a lot of dramatizations. In it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is definitely. <laughs> it definitely I thought is. I was the only one that did that. Yeah. <laughs> the, it calms so me cool. down. It like zens yeah, me out. I love that show. Yeah. I always go back. That's one of those that I always go back to. Um, I think I've seen it twice, I think. Yeah, the whole thing, all the yeah. seasons, for sure. Same. Yep. Yep. It's so funny. Alejandro and I bonded over that as well. We were like, what's like your favorite? like one of your favorite shows and we're both like forensic files <laughs> it's just like you know <laughs> funny that's funny but you get and, like, credit hotels, for it because he, he didn't mention it. that yeah yeah no i love watching it in hotel rooms it's my favorite yeah <laughs> that's awesome and, and it just does a good job of and i love the narrator i cannot his name oh my god he's me, hilarious he's hilarious yes, he's great yes yeah because when it gets dramatic his voice gets like really dramatic like he'll be like and then she was stabbed and you're just like, oh my god! <laughs> like, oh, when he acts like, like his he voice you know, literally <laughs> changes, like he saw it or yeah. something, you know? Oh yeah, <laughs> especially like when it's doing like the final analysis, like the investigators yeah. believe, yes. and then it's showing him, and go, you know, he she stabbed him four times, and he yeah, fell to the ground. Really, he gets, he gets so, and the blood <laughs> splatter, like it's just pretty. It's pretty awesome, though. I just yeah. love it. But yes, another good yeah. pick. Good pick. Thank you. It's like listening to a grandparent read aloud or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Yes. script of a grizzly murder. I'm sold. I want to watch yes. me film Forensic yeah. Files. I'm going to do that. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Please. Yeah. It, you won't. You will never regret it. And he always narrates with a cliffhanger before the commercials. Like the mm-hmm, investigators mm-hmm. hope they had a lead. Or did they? And then it goes to commercial. <laughs> like, it's just hilarious. Li- literally that. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> so there's my pick. Jason, you have the voice where you could, like, do that show. Like, you could do a parody of that show. For I sure. would totally watch that. <laughs> That's Agreed. not a bad idea. You know what? I would take that into consideration. Like, a spoof of it would be kind of interesting. Do it. Probably. Mm-hmm. Go patent that. But you would have to be the narrator. It has to be you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It would have to be me. Yep. That'd be hilarious. For those of you who are unfamiliar, um, Scarlett is one of the five directors who was chosen 
to be in Robert Rodriguez's show, um, Rebel Without a Crew. So if you know anything about El Mariachi, which is his first movie, um, he shot that on a budget of $7,000, and he had no crew. And he shot that in two weeks. Am I right about that, Scarlett? Yeah, 14 days. 14 days. 14 days of hell. Um, And so they are emulating him. And so we're just going to kind of look behind the curtain, break the fourth wall, even more than the reality TV show has, and find out what happens in the mind of a director when you put them in a situation they've never entered before. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need some music there. Like, there should know, have been some dramatic music to go with that. <laughs> we'll do yeah, it in right. post, damn it. <laughs> some minor piano chords, for sure. <laughs> yes, we're, yeah, for sure. We'll do it in post. Perfect. Yeah, so first of all, I just want to ask you about, um, if you could just let let everyone listening know a little bit about what your movie that you made for this show is actually about. Uh, my film is called Phaedra. It's a disco-era psychological thriller about a peculiar young woman who gets uh, wrapped up in the world of cocaine, delusion, and disco. Mm. Nice. I hope you made that tagline because that was good. Yeah. (laughs) It was like a little bit of an improv on my tagline. I've kind of memorized it, so it's fine. I like it. That's awesome. Thank you. That's pretty accurate to what the movie is. I I was telling you a little bit earlier. (laughs) Yeah. I um <laughs> yeah right um no I was I was I'm telling you a little bit earlier. I'm trying not to you. <laughs> I did see this. Um, I got to see this, and I really did enjoy it. I first of all loved the the vibe of it, like the costumes and just how it was shot was really cool because you do get that '70s vibe from it, and I thought that was super well done and how you shot all of that. Um, so props to you on that. That was really awesome. And Thanks. the story itself in general, it was just a really, really great, intricate, and just very captivating story. So, it, yeah, that's, that was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, Scarlett, I also saw the film as well. And, and definitely the montages of putting on the different outfits and the makeup and stuff like that. Yes. That stuff was spot on. And the the, and the music was uh, very appropriate, very appropriate for the film as well. Oh, man. Um, My composer was is incredible. His name is Matias Piagari, and he's Argentine. He lives here in L.A. He's incredible. I mean, if you guys ever want to do an interview with a sick composer, he's the guy. That's awesome. Did you spell wow. his name for us? It was all original. Yeah. <laughs> M-A-T-I-A-S, Matias, and then Piagari is E-I-E-G-A-R-I. All right. Awesome. He, he like, I've worked with him before and like he and I just work really well together and he really understands my vision and, and he listens. And like, I remember I uh, sort of explained just the vibe, just like I, I kind of said what I wanted for the opening for the theme song. And I sent him an email and I was like, hey, this is the deal. This is what I'm doing. I'm on this show, blah, blah, blah what do you think? Like, would you be down to do the score? Um, I can't pay you much because here's the budget, 7K. <laughs> and, uh, mm-hmm. but would you be willing to do this? And he was like, fuck yeah. And he was down for the ride. It, basically, he was my only post-production person because like it, I edited it. So mm-hmm. it was literally me and Matias to the last second with the sound, sound design and the, you know, he composed everything, the score. So it was, he was like a brother in the making of this movie as far as, you know, the post-production. 
That's awesome. So how much, um, I guess, filmmaking experience did you have prior to Phaedra? I mean, had you done um, like a feature length film before or was this your first one? So one of the requisites, one of the prerequisites for the show was that we not had had not made a feature film. So mm-hmm. this was all of our first features. Okay. Um, but I have made three shorts, written and directed and acted in them. And then uh, I've done a bunch of music videos. Um, so this was my first feature, but I do have, you know, about five years experience directing. Awesome. So what challenges Super cool. um, did shooting a feature length film? Because your film is 96 mm-hmm. minutes, which is the longest one that we've, we've uh, actually uh, watched. I it, yeah, I think um, it's the longest one. What challenges? What, what's the difference? Oh, I mean, like everything. It's basically, well, because of the time constraints, it wasn't as uh, long as I think, you know, a feature film would take to shoot. But the way that I would describe it is like any of my shorts times 10, like work, you know, as far as like hours and, you know, things like Mm. that. It it just the energy that it takes is 10 to 50 times more than than like a short, you know, especially because especially in our (laughs) situation where it was like 14 days nonstop, we were sleeping like two to five hours a night, Matt. Like I know, you know, and, and, and like Ale who did night shoots, like wasn't even that. So we were on insane schedules and, and, and so this Mm. making this feature specifically isn't even really a good example of what making a normal feature would be like because the, the circumstances are so heightened. So I would just say like, you know, the run and gun aspect of it was so difficult and, but you know, you also test your own limits and it's super rewarding when you, when you actually do it, when you get it done. So. Just like it's like making a short film times a hundred times like being on crack, <laughs> I guess. Mm, crack, <laughs> not so bad. You know, <laughs> I can't wait. Filmmaking <laughs> so on crack. <laughs> so, um, just so if I were to ask about as far as the process, what was the logic behind your selection to do this particular film? Was this an the idea, idea I had. that you? already had in mind and now you were it was the only idea i had okay (laughs) it was the only yeah (laughs) oh yeah oh okay so (laughs) it was gonna be this or nothing basically (laughs) Um, wow when when i applied you know the one of the one of the requisites on the application was you have to have a feature film written uh and ready to shoot which i did not have but i did have the idea for phaedra ready you know in my head so I had to <laughs> write the full script mm-hmm. in those two weeks that it took for the application to basically like get through. Um, yeah. So like wow. the weeks leading up to Rebel, I wrote the script basically. Um, and I had had the idea for Phaedra for years. And it's funny, you know, I was going to, I was <laughs> waiting on whatever filmmakers wait on, you know, funding the right time, blah, blah, blah. And uh and then I got this opportunity and it was kind of mm-hmm. just like a swift kick in the ass to do it. And um, so I did it. And that's what happened. It was the only film that I had. There's like a sense of urgency and you just understand what you can do. Like all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. Yes, all totally. of these reasons I had to not do these things were com- completely <laughs> constructs. We're dumb. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, you know, it it just when I when I turned it in, it was like the sort of third round of casting or whatever, you know, whatever gauntlets you we went through. It was like the last part of it. And it was like, OK, now you turn in the script. And I was like, all right, here's the script. If they don't like it or if they think that it's not doable because it's set in the 70s, like I just have no choice. It's my only one. So like here goes nothing. And then they liked it and they chose it. So that was cool. 
Wow. It's funny that you say that because like just watching it and like I was saying, yeah. it's an intricate story and there's a lot of different things to like yeah, yeah, unravel that- there. And I would never oh have guessed that it wasn't something you no, were sitting on for a long like, time. <laughs> I knew I knew there were dolls. That's and awesome. I knew it was disco. And that's kind of all I knew. And I knew the, the lead was glamorous. That was it. Um, <laughs> and when I wrote it, it's so funny because like, you know, I've never written a feature. I had written shorts and I think my longest short was like 12 minutes, 12 pages or something. And I was like, fuck, how do I write a how do I write, you know, 70 pages like what do I even say you know and uh, I literally went on YouTube and I was like how to write a feature film <laughs> I looked up so when <laughs> don't you anyway. know we have all you been there this. you yep. haven't done that with anything in your life. you have <laughs> you're not trying to succeed by any means necessary literally did that and like it was amazing because I found this chart and the chart <laughs> said one of the, the most important things I learned was when something happens to your protagonist something of equal value has to happen for your antagonist and I don't really have an antagonist hmm. this film doesn't really have an antagonist like the antagonist is sort of her own demise you know she, it's her own undoing but I put Apollo who's the lead mm-hmm. male uh, opposite Phaedra I put him in the position of antagonist just in the chart just for the chart's sake and that's how I came up with the drug dealer scene and the Charlie scene because it's kind of parallel scenes when you think about it you know they're both doing sort of the same thing with two different people yeah so, anyway that helped me a lot so go on YouTube and look shit up because it helps <laughs> so when you win awards <laughs> and stuff you know you're gonna have to like say I, I want to thank YouTube this, for teaching me yeah, how to write to find, a feature like, the, film the actual video and be like okay it was this guy specifically I remember it was an Australian dude because I remember the accent but I, you know I was feverishly nice. like at 3 a.m being like and then what do I do like I only have 30 pages <laughs> how do I get the rest so yeah that's I it, I like charts yeah I think it's interesting because on Rebel Without a Crew, um, you just see a lot of just all the behind the scenes work that goes into mm-hmm. actually the end result of of your movie. And it's just interesting to hear like you talking about the process leading yeah. up to even Rebel Without a Crew, because there's there's just so much even before mm-hmm. that phase of it that just how time consuming it is to even write a whole film, right. write a whole script and just get everything together. Like it's it's just really interesting to see. And I think that's something I really appreciate about the show is because a lot of people don't, they mm-hmm. don't get to see all of that. They don't know uh, all that goes into it. And granted, it was extreme because it was the mm-hmm. circumstances you guys were in was you know, magnified a bit, but it was still, it's just, it was really, it was really cool to see everybody's the things that they struggled with or the mm-hmm. things that worked out well for them. And it, it was just a really, a really interesting um, thing to see just the different, how everybody's sets were and how yeah, everybody's yeah, yeah. stories were going. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's the thing that's interesting is like when we would talk to each other, like the directors would be like, Oh yeah, like six months of my life. And it's funny. Cause like we didn't shoot the show till October, but like everything sort of the madness sort of started like late August when we started to find out that we were like in the final rounds of casting and stuff. So that's, you know, that's the, the interesting thing or like September, but you know, we, Mm. it's like by March, we've been doing this for so long, like by, by South by it had taken up, you know, eight months of our lives. Like just the, the thought of rebel (laughs) was like all consuming basically. (laughs) 
Once again, yeah, the shadow of yeah. rebel without a crew. Haunts <laughs> I know, no, I don't mean to make it sound like it was that thing. It was just like it, you know, it was such an integral part of our lives for like almost a year, which was crazy by the end because, like, you know, we were only shooting the actual show itself for about five weeks. Wow. So, uh, speaking of shooting, and we know you got a strict schedule, and we know it's mm-hmm. frantic and phonetic. Give us a story that maybe we haven't seen. What was something that happened where you were just like, this is absolutely um, right so now. So you see, I mean, one of the things What's you see, the, the thing that sticks out to me, you see on the show, which is when I, they told me I wasn't going to be able to use the little girl. I was like, oh my God, what? Um, but, <laughs> which was like wild. But um, another thing they don't, sh- that maybe they, they didn't really show was like getting the locations. Like that was so, so difficult for us because not difficult, but like it was just like a big deal because it's such a huge chunk of budget. And like the people that we were that were like, you know, lending us their homes and like their businesses, like we we actually like paid them, you know what I mean? And we had to negotiate and we had to come up with a rate. And like these were some amazing people that were willing to like do that with us and negotiate with us. But like it was really on us. And I think that that was a very good lesson in like negotiation and budgeting and stuff was like, and something that filmmakers always need to think about because it's like, you don't have a movie unless you have a location. You don't have a movie unless you have somewhere to shoot. So, so that was like the, one of the most stressful things for me, like, and you see it in that episode where I cry. I think it's like episode three where I cry for the first time, uh, one of the many times, but <laughs> like, I was crying because it was like, dude, I don't know if I'm going to get these locations. I don't even know if I have actors right now. And we start on Monday. Like, what the fuck is going on? What am I doing here? Like, am I dreaming? Is this a nightmare? What's (laughs) like, what am I doing? So that first week, yeah, pre-production was Looney Tunes for me. And once I got on set, I was like, all right, I feel good. But before that, I was a mess for sure. So what about the wardrobe Mm -hmm. picking that 70 Mm -hmm. setting? Uh, was that like a milk was a bad choice or were you like set oh, on no, that? No. Did you have yeah. kind of places to go? No, to I'm get- a stylist. Uh, so I and I love vintage clothes. Like I wear uh, vintage clothes. Probably like 70% of my wardrobe is vintage. So I brought just like suitcases of all my own shit. So everything you see on the, uh, at least on the female actresses is all mine. And a lot of the shirts you see on the men are mine too. <laughs> like. I was like, you're going to wear this. It's going to be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good it's, like, it's going to be tight, but you're going to wear yeah. it. It's going to look good. So, yeah. Yes, so 70. It's sexy, <laughs> baby. Well, Put this cocaine in your right. nose. You'll feel sexy. Yeah. Do somebody. <laughs> and, that was, um, and that was definitely something that you can, that I appreciated about the film because all of the outfits were just really on point. And I was like, man, these are... Yeah. That this is whoever got these <laughs> costumes or who got these outfits. I was just like, man, they all fit right so here. well. So right. th- that you. was really <laughs> impressive. Well, that was very impressive. I, I definitely, <laughs> you, definitely impressive. You. you actually have the name of somebody who will be a uh, star- stylist, Scarlet. Oh, you have to go oh, see thanks. Scarlet. She has. <laughs> The most amazing <laughs> wardrobe. She it, has it, the wardrobe you need. It's crazy. Oh. I have too much clothes for sure, and a lot of it like was my mom's. Like, <laughs> well, it works. There's a couple outfits <laughs> yes. in, the, in the movie that you see. Like, one of them was my mom's. One of them was my aunt's. Like, you know, it's a, it's a family affair. Yeah, nice. That mm-hmm. black dress that yes. she wears in the latter part of the movie. Yes, yes. That was That's an awesome mine. dress. Is that yours? Uh, I wore it like two weeks later to one of my Excellent. friends. My friend. Uh, 
she has like an amazing, she does this amazing show <laughs> called Light and Space. And right now she's doing it in New York. She's a singer. And um, I, the theme was like disco galactic. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'll just take my suitcase from there, from like Rebel to New York and just like wear that dress. Nice. <laughs> so I did. It was funny. Yeah. Perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so speaking of the um, the acting, you you made a little bit yes. of a cameo in your movie, which you Thank did a you. fantastic job. Thanks. I was very impressed by that. Now, is acting also something that you want to do? Or are you more like, I'd rather stay behind the scenes type of person? I uh, went to NYU for acting. That was yeah. my major uh, in college. Yeah. Um, no I way. I studied at Stella, Stella Adler. Um, shout out. But... Yeah, yes. Acting is is my <laughs> one of my big passions. And I think that the dream would be like 50-50 acting and directing for me, I think. Did you find it hard um, doing both, like being in the movie and directing? So my short films that I did before I did this feature were I starred in all of them. So I kind of learned to direct okay. as I was acting anyway. Like that's how I learned. So actually, when I was acting in Phaedra was when I felt the most confident and the most comfortable because I was like, oh, fuck, yeah, time to do my thing. You know, it's something that I love and something that I'm used to doing. So I felt you were very natural for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. It's funny to call that character natural, but I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah. Good. You understand what I'm saying. Yes, 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 yes. No, no. Somebody, somebody the other night. One of my favorite things was this guy who's like a very good friend of um, the lead actor who played Apollo. We were at dinner, and uh, he was like, "I didn't know that that was you." He's like, "Even after I met you, like I didn't know it was you until you know until they told me." He was like, "I was thinking, like, who's." Who is playing this grotesque character? And I was like, grotesque <laughs> is such a good word for uh, So like she's such a fucking freak. Like it's amazing. So I was I loved that description. So funny. It just yeah, like it it she was definitely an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but yeah. it was so you did it was so well done, you know, Thank and it was you. well placed in in the movie itself. So Thank you. That's that's good. Yeah. I appreciate that. So um, as far as um, your interactions with Robert Rodriguez, can you elaborate on any of those? Did you get to speak with him often or learn anything from him? Or did he get to see you actually filming any of the m- movie or anything like that? Anything that you could tell us about your interactions with him? Yeah. So Robert was like extremely present um, throughout the show for us. He was definitely a mentor, definitely like this sort of well of knowledge um, that we were able to tap into pretty much whenever we needed him, which was amazing. And, and pretty, for me, it was surprising how present he actually was because, you know, you hear about these like celebrity, like mentor shows, like, you know, other shows that are out there and, and you hear that, you know, this, the person comes to set is there for five minutes and like leaves. But Robert was actually there for us whenever we needed him. We could text him like, we could email him and we saw him in person like once a week. And, um, you know, and then he would show up to our set as well, like sort of whenever he could, which was amazing. So he, he was a, a very integral part of the process for all of us, for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Was there one main takeaway that you have from uh, just something that you learned from him that you're yeah. going to take to your next project? Anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think something that I learned from him that I'll probably take 
with me throughout, you know, all aspects of my life are to get out of my own way, basically. Um, I'm a very, I'm my own worst critic. And, you know, before this experience, before the shooting started, we met with him and I was like, you know, it's really hard for me to, because like, I'm really hypercritical of myself. And he was like, why? <laughs> and I was like, um, what do you mean? <laughs> and he was like, stop doing that. Basically, he was like, you know, the person that's getting in your own, in your way is yourself. And like, once you get out of that headspace, like you're going to be able to basically flourish. And, um, so that's like one of the things I took from it was like, chill the fuck out and get out of your own way. And I think that that's a huge <laughs> lesson to apply to all aspects of my life. How existential of Robert. Yeah, I do think right. Robert for <laughs> he that. He seems just very wise. Like he's like a still he's waters super zen. type of person. Yeah. Yes, he's yeah. so zen. He's, he's crazy. Cool. You walk into his office and you're just like, yeah, exactly. Like you leave and you're like, oh my God, I learned what exactly what I needed to learn today. You know, and like, how did he know? My life is complete now. <laughs> right, right. It's so funny. But yeah, he was like that. He was like such a, he's like a Zen indie filmmaking Buddha. Basically. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I really, awesome. I do very appreciate awesome. how, I appreciate how like he just really seems very available on the show. And I imagine probably even more so beyond what they shot for the show. I feel mm -hmm. like he was probably even more like around. <laughs> so it's, it, that's really cool of him. Yeah, he definitely cared a lot about us and like what we were doing. And because he literally was putting us in his own, in the position he had been in 20 years ago, you know? So I think that's really rad. That's cool. Would you say that there's something like from, um, you know, the whole rebel experience that, um, that you didn't expect? to be something you experienced that you that you experienced on that show i don't know if i expected to become so close to the other filmmakers like i left that show with you know four new friends who had sort of been through this gauntlet with me and i think that that that's really cool there was no sense of getting in each other's way there was no sense of competition between us like we were all sort of there for each other which was something i didn't really expect and that's really great to hear because i've no Especially with something like that, it's probably easy to feel like you're on an island. So I'm oh, sure yeah. you guys supported each other mm -hmm. many times during that process. Right. It gets easy to feel isolated because, well, what is this experience? It's such a unique experience. But when there's four other people going through it with you, you definitely have some sounding boards and some shoulders to lean on, you know? And I think that speaks to Robert, too, is like he picked five people that didn't become you know, competitive or catty or whatever, you know, we, we each have our dream and, and we understand each other because of it. And we're all so different that like, nobody was feeling like, you know, getting in the other's way. There was no drama, at least between the five of us. The only drama that, that happened was, you know, around our films, uh, the making of our films, which, you know, happens as a filmmaker. And I think that that's so interesting when you watch the show is like, people have told me it's so interesting that you guys never, it's the, there's never like fighting or anything. It's literally, if there's anything dramatic, it's like yeah. about how upset you are about like wanting this one thing for your film or, you know, specific like a situation. Like, exactly. Yeah. It's like situational mm -hmm. angst. <laughs> it's not really like personal, right. which is, you know, cool. Which is really rare though. Like, especially for like a reality type of show where right. it's, you know, people doing the same thing with the same end goal like you don't experience the whole we're supporting each other instead of yeah 
comparing ourselves to each other. Like, I think that's a really awesome thing that they portrayed on this. Yeah. 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 yeah definitely. It's refreshing to like, I have that person like, Hey, I'm just here to win the $10,000. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's always that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, I don't on think, <laughs> and I don't think any of us would have gone on a show like that, which is why it ended up being as successful as it was. Cause like none of us are really that kind of person. So, you know, none of us wanted to be a reality star. I think we were all going there to make a film and like make our, our dream come true as, as corny right. as that sounds. And, and you know what? It doesn't sound corny. <laughs> no, we're playing but, music with that too. <laughs> it is a good path to presidency. So I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. definitely. <laughs> Totally. Now, are there any of the other, um, um, seeing the other films that were done and everything, is there anything like from the other films that you took away that you, you think you might want to incorporate in something you do later? Um, like the type of way they did it or the type of film they made even? I think, I mean, I learned something from every single person. Like, you know, I learned about timing, watching Ale's movie and like how quick he how quickly it moves and how interesting it is and how you sort of stay on the edge of your seat the whole time. I learned a lot about impro improvisation and, and going with the flow and like, you know, using what you have from Josh's film and like from Josh as a filmmaker, he's like so, you know, malleable and like he really knows how to move with the circumstances that like, that's amazing to watch. Like he's very punk rock in that way. And like, um, mm -hmm. you know, BK's movie, like I love so much of like, the suspense and like, you know, there's, and then, and then Bola, even like the practical stuff, like with Bola's film, I loved the, the perspective shot and I still don't know how she did it. Like, I still don't really get that. Like <laughs> making the spaceship yeah. look like a fucking spaceship. And it was, I saw that thing. Right. We were together. Like I, it's small. And I was like, how did you do that? You know, forced perspective. Right. I, don't, I still don't really get that, but it was awesome. So yeah, I learned something from everybody. And like, I think that that's one of the most valuable things I walked away from this experience with was like seeing different filmmakers just have different ways of making their stuff happen. And, and like their personalities really do feed into the way that their film comes together. And, and I think that's a really interesting lesson to learn. So what's next for you? What's your next project? Uh, I'm actually styling a music video this weekend, <laughs> but uh, besides nice. that, um, I'm writing, Josh and I are working on a feature where we, play uh semi-professional wrestlers uh opposite each other uh in like the early 80s <laughs> wait, i can't wait do you, that? Awesome. do you have any wrestling experience you uh, know no. justin is a wrestler justin <laughs> Just is so a know. wrestler like yeah. he's a legit wrestler yeah well, he legitimately is a wrestler <laughs> we may be giving you a call um but i do love <laughs> i loved when i was little like you know the heyday of oh, wrestling yeah. fucking Macho oh, Man yeah. and the Hulk and you know the Crow and oh yeah Andre the Giant <laughs> and yeah, yeah. All of them. oh yeah, yeah. yeah the list <laughs> the list goes on but you know I used to play wrestling like I used to me and my little brother would jump off the sides of the couch like the you know the arms Dude, of the couches yes. like <laughs> same here yeah and as if it was like <laughs> yep. the me too the, the wrestling ring so yeah I mean. I love it. And I love the physical. I love character. I love character acting. So I, I'm excited about getting into the physicality of that sort of character. So 
Um, yeah. And then I'm writing a short and that is super cool. you know, working on some shit. So just keep writing and <laughs> getting the right. creative juices flowing. Now we do know that you, um, obviously, um, you know, we know who your favorite director is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there any other, um, directors that you would like to work with or that would be like dream people to work with? Um, yeah. I mean, Tarantino, of course, Wes Anderson, yep. big one. Um, oh, yeah, big fan of sure. him. Yeah. Uh, those are my top two. Um, my Phaedra was very, very much inspired by, um, Suspiria, which is, a 70s cult ballet horror by Dario Argento, I think, is how you say it. And uh, so something nice. in that vein would be really cool um, to work on, to act in, to be a part of. But I know they're doing a, like a sort of remake. And I think Tom York is doing the score. You can edit that out of this if I'm hmm. wrong. But I'm super excited about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, um, that's those are my two top dudes. Oh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Good choices. Also. Very nice. Also, also, very nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a big, he's a big one. Well, I think you see that in Phaedra, the sort of story, the way the story works. It's like very inspired by a PTA film. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. Sounds like you're going to be pretty busy. <laughs> If I work with those three guys, so <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm, I'm joking. Right. <laughs> um, other than aside from that, yeah, I'm trying to stay working. I love, I, you know, I love directing music videos. I do that a lot out here and uh, it's a good way to do sort of, it's almost like short films, you know, you get to like make a project, mm-hmm. you know, work on it for a certain amount of time and then move on. And that's kind of a really nice way to keep that part of my brain working, exercising. Um, what genre of music do you uh, normally direct videos for? Uh, right now, like very indie um, singer songwriters. The last two, the last three music videos I did were for uh, female musicians, which I love. Um, but I think my next one is going to be with a male R and B dude, but I'm not sure, so I can't really talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, just like independent mostly right now. Which I don't even know if that's like a real genre. I mean, it's not really because like indie music comes in all shapes and sizes now. But oh, it's, still, it's still a genre. You know what I mean? It's still in there. We got you. Yeah. No, I got you. Yeah. yeah. It is, right? It indi- is. It is. Makers and independent musicians. Yeah, yeah it's and, still. And people free from the constraints of, you know, corporate haggling and, and, and nepotism and all that good stuff. So, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's still a genre. It's still out there. It's good. For it's sure. Thank you. You mentioned a little bit of the dolls and how the dolls were a very important part of Mm -hmm. this movie. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm curious, do the dolls represent just innocence for Phaedra or is it more of just kind of like a reminder of her childhood or is it a little bit of both? Um, Well, I think we see, you know, in that in there, I don't want to give too much away, but there's the scene, you know, her flashback scene where we see sort of why she collected the dolls and what they represent. And um, Mm -hmm. they also sort of represent the part of her that, you know, is falling victim to the psychosis, you know, because the dolls are sort of an extension Mm -hmm. of herself. So I also, you know, I like to leave that open to interpretation. I really, I think part of my filmmaking, um, my way of filmmaking is to leave something a little bit ambiguous and open. I love to trust my audience Mm -hmm. to like sort of, up with their own conclusions 
as far as like the smaller stuff right. in the film is concerned. I mean, the dolls are a big part, but you know what I mean? Like the nuances. I like right. to leave that open to interpretation. So they can kind of represent whatever you walk away with. But I think as, as it's cool. written, um, they're definitely an extension of who she is. And they represent a big part of who she was. How very Chris Nolan of you. Right. Awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Thank you. <laughs> right. That's a very <laughs> nice compliment. But yeah, I did get, I did get a couple of those um, comparisons, which is cool. I'm fine with that. That is cool. Yeah, that's not that's elite company to be in. Yeah, 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 for sure, right? For sure. So, Scarlett, um, for sure. Quick, um, plug yourself. Um, how do people get to see your shit? What's your Insta? All that good stuff like that. Um, check me out on Instagram. It's at Scarlettini. One T, two N's. Um, S C A R L E T I N N I. Uh, that's kind of the most updated uh, version of me that you'll find. And then my website is very easy www.scarletmoreno.com um, and just look up Phaedra and I you'll probably Phaedra the film and you'll probably find some stuff about me. Uh, you guys heard it here first <laughs> Scarlet. Uh, make sure to check out her film Phaedra. Uh, look her up on Instagram. Watch her music video she's directed. Everything that she's done she's an amazing director. She's an even better person than that. Uh, we want to give her a wholehearted thank you for sparing a bit of her very important seconds to speak with us tonight. I uh, had a great conversation. Thank you so much, Scarlett. You are absolutely awesome. Thank you all so much. You guys Thanks, are Scarlett. awesome. And it's been nothing but a pleasure talking to you. Awesome. And I've really enjoyed it. We can't wait right. to see Thank what's you, to come. Appreciate Thank you. It. Yes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening to our podcast today. Um, don't forget to check out um, our store uh, at cinemaslayers.com. We got hoodies. We got t-shirts. We got Henleys. We got everything you need. Um, also, please do us a favor. Go to our Facebook, like and share it. Please go to our website, read our reviews. Um, and then don't forget um, on our page every Monday, we do a movie matchup. We want to hear what you're saying. This is a community that we have here. We want to know how you feel about movies, how you feel about film. Uh, let us get your feedback and we'll be featuring you guys on some upcoming episodes. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us and we will see you next time. Thank you.